0: You're listening to The Domecast, where news and observer journalists take a look back and forward in North Carolina politics.
1: And welcome to The Domecast, our weekly look back and ahead on all things in politics and government in North Carolina. I'm Andy Curlis with the News and Observer. We thank you for joining us. We have a mixed uh show today of course the big story is is happening as we record this if you haven't figured it out we are usually recording uh friday morning and as we speak the board of governors is meeting with the unc presidency uh decision as we understand it imminent we will of course be following that in at the news observer newsobserver.com be sure to to uh, keep up with that and uh, I'll tell you what we'll try to do is we'll 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 draw in some of the uh, reporters who have been covering that, and we'll hear from them in next week's uh, show. Of course, a lot of attention on that. It's a big uh, decision, so we do want to talk about that, but we'll let that settle out a little bit this week. A uh, little potpourri here for you. Let's um, let's wrap up a couple of things. One, uh, you know uh, Colin Campbell of the News & Observer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, you've been working on a, a story that will be coming out this weekend. Uh, I wonder if you might just give us a, a brief uh, preview of
2: that. Yeah, so I've spent the last few weeks uh, looking through the uh, various earmarks in the state budget earmarks, of course. The uh, things that legislators get in there that benefit uh, their own district in particular, things like museums or individual schools or uh, infrastructure projects that are uh, where the money is targeted to uh, a specific district, a specific town. Um, and we found quite a few of those. So if you read the paper on Sunday, you'll be able to find out uh, which two legislators have the uh, vast bulk of uh, this year's uh, earmarks in terms of the amount of money that they've uh, gotten directed to their district. And we'll also talk uh, in one of the the stories I think on Monday on uh, some downtown revitalization money that uh, is going to be circumventing the North Carolina Main Street program that's been the historic uh, source of all uh, downtown development sort of grants to, to fix up things in towns that are trying to stimulate their downtown. But uh, now there will be a, a specific number of towns that uh, that get shares of the money uh, as a result of some uh, legislators' decisions uh, on the matter.
1: So an interesting story coming uh, in a way a, a wrap up of the budget but also a little uh, window, I, I guess, into how, how uh, lawmaking uh, decisions were made uh, in, in this year's uh, budget. Uh, ben Brown of, uh, of The Insider, welcome to the show. Good to be here. The, uh, one of the issues you've been following uh, related to pay... In the legislature, a really nice uh, video, folks. If you if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, you can find it at the Insider or News Observer. Uh, but of course, there was a and and, and we had a, a piece on that in last Sunday's Dome. Uh, but there was some developments on that uh, this week. A sensitive topic, uh, lawmakers treading carefully, uh, if you will. But bring us up to speed. What's the latest on that issue?
0: Yeah. So the bottom line seems to be for now, there was a meeting. This this week, and the theme was kind of um, what kind of legislature does North Carolina want to have in the future? Um, you know, meaning if if we're really going to be a part-time legislature, then how can we have a system that's so challenging to everyday professionals or parents, et cetera? Um, so that was one point that the National Conference of State Legislatures made. Uh, NCSL came down; they gave a presentation to a legislative panel. I was on Wednesday and uh, mainly gave a serving of, of context: how other states compensate their lawmakers, how much they work, how often, you know, what, what their schedules are. Um, you know, for instance, California has a full-time legislature that pays more than ninety-seven grand a year. Texas, uh, where lawmakers have very big districts, pay about seven grand a year. Then you go to New Mexico, where there's a per diem, but there's no salary whatsoever. So, bounce back to North Carolina, where it's a little bit less than. 14 grand a year as the base salary for lawmakers, for rank and file lawmakers. Then they get per diem and all these other things that ends up being 30 to 40 grand a year. Um, although you know some, law, some lawmakers say you know we just reinvest that in our legislative work. Um, but it was quickly arrived at with some chuckles, I guess, that it's sort of politically suicidal for a lawmaker to introduce a bill to give himself a raise or give all of their, you know, they, they look self-serving as a result. So. Despite that, at the very end, Senator Fletcher Hartzell, who was the chairman, a chairman on the Joint Legislative Program Evaluation Committee, said, You know, let's form a subcommittee to look at this issue, look at lawmaker pay, look at um, the timing and length of legislative sessions, and look at technology and how that can, you know, improve how we hold our meetings. Um, With the pay component in there, there there's a lot of silence when he asked for people who might want to join that subcommittee. Then one step forward that was Senator Stan Bingham, who by the way, isn't running for re-election uh, coming up. So, there may be other lawmakers who have quietly added their names to this list. Again, the subcommittee isn't officially formed yet, but the story lives on, maybe.
1: Yeah, interesting. So, that's something, of course, you will be following, and so will we. Um, so, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's take a break, and then we will talk about the... Uh, probably the biggest news of the week uh well i don't know uh but an interesting story nonetheless uh, the governor uh pat mccrory uh launching the bond campaign we'll be back in a second
0: have you checked out the newly designed news and observer this week You'll see changes that make all of our products more visually appealing while giving you in-depth coverage and new ways of storytelling. Visit new.newsobserver.com to learn more about the new ways for your news day. As a listener to the Domecast, we have a special offer for you. You can receive the News and Observer Digital Edition for only 99 cents for four weeks. This includes unlimited access to NewsObserver.com, mobile, iPad apps, and the print replica e-edition. Just head over to NewsObserver.com, click subscribe at the top of the page, and enter the promo code DOMECAST to receive this special offer.
1: And welcome back to the Domecast. We thank you for listening. Uh, this week's show, we're—I don't know if you can hear the rumbling. It's not the press. Uh, we're just in a different location in the bowels of uh, the News and Observer at 215 South McDowell Street. Uh, that's where we're putting this together. So if you hear some uh, noise in the background, it's not the press running, but it's close enough. Uh, we're not—we're steps away from the press. Uh, so anyway, uh, Craig Jarvis will join us. Uh, and Ben Brown, again, uh, from the Insider. Craig, of course, from the News and Observer. Wanted to talk uh, about one of the bigger stories of the week, the launch of the bond campaign, if you will. Governor McCrory put a, a pen to paper signing the legislation. Uh, Craig Jarvis, you were there for that. Tell us about it. Set the scene and give us a flavor of what was going on.
3: Well, it was a pretty festive uh, event for a bill signing. It was at a biotech center at NC State. Probably about 150 people in the audience, a lot of uh, educators, a lot of politicians, uh, agricultural business interests, and those are the people that are going to form the base of of his campaign to to convince voters to approve uh, in March a $2 billion uh, bond issue for... Mostly for infrastructure, it's it is a wish, wish wish list that uh, doesn't really match what he originally wanted. legislature cut about a billion dollars out of it. Um, but it's something central to his his campaign, or his image, really not his campaign, but his term in office. He defines himself as kind of a, uh, he likes to say, an Eisenhower Republican who built out a national infrastructure. He wants to do that for the 21st century in many different ways for, for North Carolina. So I don't know that the referendum uh, will be uh, on him so much as it, uh, it won't be so much about what the voters think of him as, as uh, the fact that it's just very important to his agenda.
1: And Ben Brown, of course, you've been uh, interested in this and, and did some reporting on that as well uh, on sort of how this campaign may uh, play out, sort of what's ahead. Uh, bring us up to speed on that.
0: Yeah, the the bottom line seems to be that time is of the essence. Of course, um, you know we got the primary coming up uh, in, a, in a matter of months. So, I reached out to some people who might have something to say. Of course, the community colleges and the universities are going to be a, a very prominent part of the campaign, being beneficiaries of it. Uh, I reached out to um, George Little, who is a, a politically historic name in North Carolina, but he was also uh, in this context uh, the finance chair of the 2000. Bond referendum, which is a little bit more than three billion, I believe, and fo- focused a lot on higher education. He was the finance chairman of a committee that was uh, sort of driving that effort. That effort passed pretty easily. I think it was like seventy some percent. And uh, he says this time around, of course, you now if you if you go back to two thousand, they had. Uh, a lot more time to kind of get out ahead of it and educate the public on you know what the benefits are of passing this uh of voting yes in this referendum this time uh time again is of the essence, so that means that um they i think the quote to 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 me um from George little was you know we needed to get started on this yesterday so uh everybody seems to kind of get that uh he estimated maybe six to eight million bucks uh would be needed for uh, TV ads, radio ads, print ads, of course, it's a presidential primary uh, as well. So um, that kind of ends up driving up costs a little bit. Uh, and there's a lot more to compete with in terms of messaging. So a lot going on and uh, very little time to do it. but he says everybody seems to be on the same table. We're probably going to see a committee form um, any time to kind of get this rolling.
1: Craig Jarvis uh, Roy, of course Roy Cooper the major announced uh, candidate uh, what you know there's a political component here where the governor is moving around the state signing uh, this legislation uh, and, and you know it did it for real and then sort of in ceremonies and really it's a display of the power of an incumbency uh, but, but there we're not hearing it. tell me if I'm wrong there's no real organized opposition to the bond uh, but but where, where might uh, Roy Cooper uh, fall into this whole discussion and how you know what were you hearing about that
3: well you're right as far as uh, I've heard there isn't any significant opposition to it Roy Cooper uh, is in favor of it uh, Ken Spaulding reminded me he's in favor of it uh, he uh, uh, you know it just it just depends on, uh, on what the voters think of it individually are they in a mood to borrow money Uh you know this struggle. McCrory has positioning himself in the middle leaves him vulnerable to, uh, to uh, you know, firing from the from the right.
1: Interesting. So of course that's the beginning of that. Uh, what will continue to be a fairly significant story. Let's take a break, and we'll be back with our headliners of the week. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park.
3: Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket.
1: The rocket launched into the air.
3: And then crashed into the pond.
1: I'll never forget that day.
3: I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council.
1: And welcome back to the Domecast, our weekly look back and ahead. Mostly we look back if you follow along. It's hard to say what's going to happen next a lot of times, but we try. And anyway, so we're into a segment we call Headliners of the Week. Uh, We give our panel a chance to nominate somebody, argue uh, 45 seconds uh, for for that uh, why that person or thing or object. Uh, Sometimes we've had... I think we had animals one time is that right did we have an animal we've had an animal uh so anyway headliners of the week and then we just have some fun and pick somebody um it, there's no certificate that goes with this or a plaque on anybody's wall but that may come soon uh, maybe we could do a mug we could do a headliner of the week mug um if you tweet about this uh we'll throw you in the hat for a dome mug how's that all right headliners of the week Craig Jarvis uh, tell us forty five
3: seconds who is your headliner of the week? Well I'm thinking Dallas Woodhouse, who was fairly recently the head of the state Republican Party, uh, was the head of the head of the uh, state chapter of the Americans for Prosperity. But last year he ran a, uh, a nonprofit organization that uh, bought TV ads uh, that benefited indirectly Tom Tillis in his run for Senate and also uh, Governor McCrory. Well, this week, a couple of uh, public interest groups came out and said that they'd abused the uh, process, violated IRS, and maybe Federal Election Commission laws, uh, in that uh, as a Charity as a social charity, so uh, a welfare, right? social welfare social welfare group. Yeah, they're not supposed to be primarily dedicated to uh, political campaigns, which uh, means mm. don't spend more than half your money. They spend about ninety-seven percent of their five million dollars on these ads that promote that that helped Tillis and McCrory. Mm. So there is there's a I guess a discussion around that, and really it
1: underscores uh, the, these questions about these various uh, social welfare. Uh, groups and and sort of what they're really what their
3: activities are about. Right. Yeah. And, and Woodhouse uh, said the ads were uh, issue-oriented, not you know, politically, not, not about politicians.
1: Yeah, and I guess over time, you know, maybe that becomes uh, clearer. Uh, at the time that organization formed, Tillis was uh, running. Um, so yeah, that's it's a it's definitely an issue uh, that will continue to be uh, discussed. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's see who is my next uh, panelist, Ben Brown of the Insider. Tell us who is your
0: headliner of the week. I'm going to go with uh, Representative Nathan Baskerville. He's a Democrat from uh, Vance, and he announced this week that he wasn't going to seek, uh, I believe it would be a third term if he decided to run again. He said, uh, that uh, the professional life that he has um, is something he needs to restore focus to, that the the legislature, the sessions get longer and longer, and the demands are heavier and heavier. Those were among some of the reasons that he gave. So it kind of ties into the discussion we had a little bit earlier. So I'm going to say Representative Nathan Baskerville.
1: Representative Baskerville not running uh, adds to the list. Um, so Baskerville in the hat. Let's hear now from Patrick Gannon. Patrick Gannon of the insider uh i'm laughing uh well i'm I'm not laughing uh, Patrick Gannon, tell us
4: who is your headliner of the week We're going to go with uh Representative Brian Holloway of Stokes County who announced just this morning, Friday morning that he was resigning his seat in the state house to take a lobbying job with the North Carolina School Board Association. So he'll join lobbyists Leanne Winner and uh, Bruce Mildworth there uh, to lobby for the public schools uh, before the General Assembly. Uh, Holloway has been a key education leader in the house. He's been there for a while. Uh, he actually ran for speaker this time around. I don't think he, uh, he got very far with that. But, um, but so I'm going to go with Brian Holloway uh the representative from stokes county who's leaving the legislature one of many um kind of younger folks leaving the legislature
1: um now holloway not a household name in raleigh i think it's fair to say but i wonder if you might sketch out he he was a a significant lawmaker on the education issues as you said yeah for the
4: past few years he's uh he's kind of led the charge uh well who's been one of a couple people in the House to, to lead the charge on education issues, both on you know, safety of schools after the um, uh, Newtown mm-hmm. issue, um, some school safety bills that he's run. Um, he's also been a uh, appropriations chairman of uh, an education appropriations chairman deciding how the money should be spent in the budget and if you and if somebody who's who's watched the legislature for a long time you know brian holloway is education is definitely his top issue and has been uh, for some time
1: interesting and of course um, just as ben was talking about another another uh, departure uh, if you will uh, so okay Brian Holloway, Representative Holloway, in the hat as a headliner of the week. I hit the pause button on the uh, clock there because just wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, let's go now with... Colin Campbell, Colin Campbell of the News and Observer. Tell us, who is your
2: headliner of the week? Well, I'm going with ceremonial pins, which have been in the news uh, quite a bit this week. With hold the, on, uh, hold on, hold on. Say that again? Ceremonial pins, as in the pins you pins. With, okay. With the
1: ceremonial. So so this would be an object. All right, yeah, good. We're, we're going with an the, object. the object
2: headliner. Okay. Um, but they've been in the news this week because Governor McCrory has been out and about uh, signing the bond bill repeatedly. Uh, He's had events in uh, Allegheny County, Raleigh, Kinston, Charlotte, and I think he may have some others as well. And Each time, he uh, ceremoniously signs the bill, or I guess a replica bill, because he only really can sign it once, uh, and has a box full of ceremonial pins to hand out to folks who I think are either involved with uh, creating the bond package or will be involved as they uh, promote the bond package and try to uh, convince voters to support it uh, when it's on the ballot next year. So uh, we've seen a lot of these pins. This week, ding okay. So,
1: ceremonial pins. Maybe we could trade a dome mug for a ceremonial pin. Uh, I don't know if anybody, I guess there's a few people over there who have won a dome mug in the governor's office. I think. Uh, All right, ceremonial pins in the hat, and that brings us to Liz Bell, intern Liz Bell. Welcome to the Domecast. Thank you. Tell us, who is your headliner of the week?
2: I'm going to have to go with um, Margaret Spellings, the former U.S. Education Secretary under President George W. Bush, um, who likely will be picked within the next couple hours as the UNC system system's new president. Um, after a lengthy and somewhat controversial search, uh, she's—you know—the search has kind of um, raised some issues with faculty and staff at universities. Said they're angry about um, it not being transparent enough, but definitely making big news as the probable new president for the whole North Carolina system. So,
1: Margaret good, Spelling, good choice. If—if if, um, it turns out that she is not the choice, she still is is a good choice for headliner of the week because, uh, that means the whole thing has fallen apart. So, um, again, we'll, we'll talk about the UNC, uh, search and that process, uh, on next week's uh, show. So, all right, that's everybody in, uh, that brings us to the moment of truth. And I guess we'll go, hey, you know, these are all good, um, good options. The comings and goings, uh, continue, uh, spellings I think we, Let's let's wait And hear some more About that So Colin Campbell We'll go with uh, We'll go with The object uh, This week Pins for the win <laughs> Pins Pins are the winner I don't know Maybe Can we hear from the panel? Yeah maybe we can uh, Maybe we can Find some audio Of uh, maybe well, Actually there probably Is some audio Of the governor At uh, uh, signing the bill Or something Along those lines uh, If we found it You'll hear it If not We say thanks For listening and have a good week and we will see you soon
3: my dad always told me this he was a small town city council member in Worthington, Ohio before he was smart enough to move the family to North Carolina in 1966 it's great move North Carolina in there. once you move here you don't leave but he always said this he said it's a fine line between continuing economic prosperity while also protecting the quality of life which brought many of us here. And that's how I feel Of us. Our major responsibility responsibility, and leadership is to continue our economic development while also protecting the quality of life which bring many of us here. And that's the best of North Carolina.
0: You've been listening to The Domecast, a production of the News and Observer and the Insider State Government News Service. You can keep up with the conversation by reading Under the Dome in the Daily Print Edition or online at Newsobserver.com. The Insider is found online at ncinsider.com.